Good morning, Redemption Hill. So glad that you've joined us for worship today. I want to invite you every Sunday, 10 o'clock, to join us. You can launch through our webpage, www.redemptionhc.com, or through our Facebook page, because we're, we're offering it Facebook Premier. Uh, I know you know that because you're here now, but as you interact with other people who may be um, not quite as uh, able to navigate, maybe you can help them with those details and help them find us. Um, because it's really important we would all be able to gather. It's also a great time to invite other people, friends, neighbors. Uh, people are, are um, needing to hear from God. And maybe somebody who wouldn't normally come to a church service might tune in and uh, join us on a Sunday morning right now. So I encourage you to do that. want to tell you how things are going to be, at least for the foreseeable future. It's been a moving target. We're trying to do three things. We're trying to be driven by love in everything we do which means uh, we want to cooperate fully. We do not want to spread this virus any more than it's already going to do. So we're um, glad to restrict ourselves. We want to submit to our government um, in appropriate ways. You know, our ultimate authority is in Jesus Christ, and the government can't tell us to do things contrary to what God wants. But they're not asking us to do that. And so we're working hard at being not just cooperative, but joyfully cooperative and finding creative ways to gather and to fit within their parameters. And we're also trying to remember and remind people that sometimes we focus on secondary things, and this is an opportunity to focus on the primary things. Uh, Worship is really from the heart. It doesn't necessarily mean I have to be in a particular building. There's a place that's very important for gathered worship, and um, we're still gathering electronically, at least for this season. It'll be a joyous occasion when we're actually able to be back together in the same place at the same time. But ultimately, the church is is people. And there are things that even in the um, strangeness, if you will, of how things are going right now, um, we can learn and lean into. And so we're encouraging you to do that. We're trying to be creative as well. Our Sunday morning services, 10 o'clock, every Sunday morning, we'll gather. Um, and we will um, have all of the elements filmed from home like I'm in my living room right now, you're probably in your living room as well. Uh, With the exception of our worship team, at least for the moment, we believe we can fully fit what the government's asking of us with safety and keep a small team spread out with proper distancing and proper uh, protections in place. And the uh, technological complexity makes it um, just a whole lot better for us to do it uh, from the worship service. So you'll see that... um, when, when we get to the musical part of the worship, everyone else you'll see from their home. And we'll continue that until, until we're either allowed to go back to church setting or things change and we even have to change where we do our worship. We're, we're going to maintain flexibility. But for the foreseeable future, this is what you can expect. Love to see you every Sunday morning. Even if I can't physically see you, just to know that you're gathering. Um, it's a joyful thing. And um, I'm just looking for how God's going to work. He's taken his people through more complex situations than this in the past. This is hard. This is strange. We don't know how everything's going to work out, but we know who's working it out. And we just want to lean into him and be faithful in worshiping and serving and loving. And so I look forward to uh, this journey, even though it's hard. I look forward to doing it with you. So good morning. God bless you. Uh, Please enjoy and participate in the service fully. Hey, good morning, Redemption Hill. I'm going to lead us in a prayer in a moment, but before I do that, I want to share one quick thought with you. Um, And there's a lot going on right now. Uh, Emotionally, maybe we're feeling nervous or fearful. 
or maybe we're frustrated relationally. We feel cut off from people or maybe we feel lonely. Um, vocationally, we're, we're trying to figure out how to do our jobs under these new circumstances. A lot of us are working home from home with, with kids and I know I'm sharing um, this living room as my office with my five-month-old. Um, fiscally, we're worried about the economy. There's just a lot going on and there's a lot of good to be done in the midst of that, ways that we can love the world and be light. And there's a lot of hard that we need to grieve. But I also think in the midst of all of this, there's an opportunity um, and an invitation from God to allow this season of social isolation to become solitude with God. As our life slows down, as our calendars are sort of freed up, uh, I think for most of us there will be space at some point, if we haven't felt it yet, a new amount of space to be with God, to be alone with Him. Um, whether that's taking walks around the blocks in the evening or using the time that you used to commute to pray. I don't know what it is for you, but I imagine there's, there's some way that you could be alone with God in new ways. I know my wife and I are trying to treat this season sort of as a, as a reset, to look at our life, examine our life, and try to embrace some of the rhythms that we normally want to live with, but just struggle to because of busyness. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer in a moment. And the first question I'm going to ask you to sit with and, and to talk to God about is, um, in this unique season, how could you be with God in unique ways? Um, what might God be inviting you into that's a little different than you, you usually do, um, but now have space for? So as I'm leading us in this prayer, um, I'm going to uh, pray for a little bit, and then I'll pause and give you a space to talk to God. So in the silence, that's your turn to pray. Um, you can do that aloud as a family, or you could do that quietly on your own. So would you pray with me? God, before we um, yeah, reflect on some, some questions, God, we just want to affirm that you are sovereign, that you are in control, and that you are not anxious or fearful. You are compassionate. You see us. You care about what's going on, but you are calm. And we want to rest in that truth. And God, as our lives slow down, would you teach us to be with you in new ways? And so go ahead and take a moment to talk to God about how you might be able to spend time alone with him in light of much of our life slowing down. And Father, there is a lot of good to be done, ways that we can be light, people that we can love. So go ahead and, and pray for your neighbors, for our church, for your coworkers. Pray that God would love them and bless them and ask him if there's unique ways that you can love those people. God, if there are specific people for us to love, would you bring their names and their faces to our mind right now? And Lord, there's a lot of hard stuff happening, painful, difficult things that need to be grieved. And we know that Psalm 42 reminds us that we can pour out our soul to you. And so we want to do that. So go ahead and take a moment and just talk to God about any of the hard stuff that you're dealing with. Invite him into that. Let him know what's going on. And you can pray for, again, your neighbors, our church, other people that you know who are going through hard things. Pray that God would love them and bless them.
Father, we love you. We pray all this in your name. Amen. I'd like to take a few minutes this morning and look into God's word together. If you have a Bible, would you open to Psalm 57? We're going to look at the first uh, first three verses, really. Psalm 57. And before we dive in, um, let's just pray for a moment. Father, thank you for your word and thank you for your son who came to um, rescue us and, and bring us into relationship with you where we know you are our father and watching over us. Thank you for your spirit who lives within us to empower us and to teach us and to anchor us. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would work in this moment, um, that you would bless your people, even as we are wrestling and and uh, journeying through strange and um, disconcerting days. We know that, God, you are in control, and so we come to you and we just ask for you to speak to us from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. This is the second in our series, Essentials, Truth, um, When All Else Fails. Uh, What do we build our lives on? Actually, really simple truths, truths that we should keep in mind all the time. And at a time like this, uh, maybe they come more obviously to the surface. And this morning, I want to talk about the fact that your life is not an accident, right? Your life, my life is always on purpose. There's, there's kind of our overarching truth. My life is always on purpose. God has never once said the word, oops. He's never made a mistake. He's never been caught by surprise. Oops is not in his vocabulary. So that's true at all circumstances, the joyful ones and the hard ones. That's even true in worldwide pandemic don't you dare shake my hand. I'm going to shelter at home and hope my toilet paper doesn't run out. COVID-19 kind of moments. God hasn't said, oops. In fact, he's got a purpose. He works all things out according to his purpose. And he works in my life for good. We're told that in Ephesians 1 and, and Romans 8. And that's that's true right now. And this morning, I just want to lean into that truth and and see God's purpose in our lives and and help us to embrace that because what's happening right now is not um, a mistake. Uh, We may not understand it all and and, and we want to be careful not to accuse God of doing something that could, could actually be evil in the end, but we need to understand that our God is big enough that he works in, around, and through everything on purpose. And, um, you know, I I think we, we sometimes a joke about that because a simplistic understanding of that um, doesn't make any sense. I was with a group of people before we were sent home, um, but after the pandemic had started to get major attention here in the States, and, and one of the people apologized to the group saying, I'm sorry, it was my prayers that caused this, and it was tongue-in-cheek. Everyone knew that. Um, they were praying for a family member who was going to do something very, very damaging to their life, and the family member was determined to do it. And so my friend was praying that God would stop them somehow from traveling. And sure enough, they couldn't travel anymore. And uh, so they said, I'm sorry, I I caused this. And and we all laughed because we know um, it's not that simple. Um, There's not a one-one correspondence, but there is something we need to grasp in this in order to not only survive, but to thrive a uh, foundational truth I have to build my life on is that God always has a purpose in my life. And knowing his purpose and pursuing it in every circumstance is where I can thrive, where I can build a, a fruitful and stable and 
and enduring life that goes through all aspects of this broken world. Um, and it, it, it doesn't, not naively, not this isn't hard, but is, is anchored in peace. Um, and, and that comes really because God has a purpose for my life. Um, if you look at Psalm 57, hopefully your Bible's open there by now. It starts by saying, be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me, for in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. That's very comforting. That's what I want to do in the shadow of God's wings. I want to take refuge until this whole thing passes by. Um, and then verse 3 has all these promises that I want. Uh, he will send from heaven and save me. He will put to shame him who tramples on me. And we don't have a person trampling on us as the psalmist did. But we have a situation that is really has huge potential to wreak havoc, already has many places. And I want this last phrase to be true for me. God will send out his steadfast love and his faithfulness. Who doesn't want that? And especially at a time like this. But we make a big mistake, and I think a lot of people actually do make this mistake, by jumping from verse 1 to verse 3 without anchoring in verse 2. The reason verse 3 is there following verse 1 is because of verse 2. I shelter in God and he sends his faithfulness and his steadfast love to rescue me. Why? Well, that's where verse 2 comes in, and that's where we really want to focus our attention this morning. Verse 2 says, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. The reason I can um, take refuge in God and know that he will rescue, know that he will work, is because I am anchoring in his purposes. So according to his purposes, he will always show up. He will always accomplish. He will always carry me through. But if I'm not lining up with his purposes, then it's a, it's a big mistake to think that verse 3 automatically follows from verse 1. I have to go through verse 2. And for us in this moment, it's really important that we would revisit the reality. God has a purpose for your life. It's not accidental. This situation is not accidental. Whatever you're facing right now is not accidental, and whatever might come next is not accidental. It's easy for us to see that God has called certain people and has a purpose for certain people. We think of Abraham, who was called out of his homeland and sent to a new place so that he could be part of establishing a new people of God. We think of David, who God sought out a man after his own heart to be the king. We think of Jeremiah. It says, I knew you when you were um, in your mother's womb, before you were ever born, I called you to be my prophet, to stand before my people and, and, and represent me. We think of Esther, who, when there was a great um, threat to her people, was encouraged by Mordecai to go in and put her life at risk for the sake of her people and speak to the king. And um, he said, who knows, maybe you've risen to this position for such a time as this. And we think, well, of course, that's why she's there. In the New Testament, Jesus tells the 12, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And I ordained you that you might go and bear much fruit. Of course, he's got a purpose for them. They're going to found the church. They're going to write the New Testament. When Saul of Tarsus is confronted by Jesus on the road to Damascus, and he's waiting for God's next move in his life, God sends a man named Ananias, who at first is very um, timid and very reticent to go speak to Saul, because Saul has been wreaking havoc in the church. And God reassures Ananias by saying, 
Uh, Go, because he is a chosen instrument for me to bear my name to the Gentiles, to kings, and to his own Jewish people. Right? Of course, God had a purpose. Paul was chosen, as his name became, to be this great missionary. Esther was chosen so that she could rescue her people. David was chosen so he could lead the nation of Israel. Jeremiah was chosen so that he could be a voice for God. Abraham was chosen so that he could be the founder of a whole new um, group of people. But I, I need to understand, I was chosen too. There's a purpose for my life too. And those stories are so grand, not because they had a purpose and I don't. It's just the context. It's just context. The place God called them to fulfill their purpose is what landed them in the scripture and landed them as examples actually for us so that in our own way, usually almost without exception, more quietly, we're able to fulfill our purpose. And so much of purpose kind of comes to light into in, in difficult times. So at a time like this, as we're wrestling and wondering It's a good time to back up and remember, my life's not an accident. My life is always on purpose, and it's on purpose right now. And the most important thing for me to do is to embrace that. Um, As I know God has a purpose for my life, and as I pursue that, and then as I uh, order my life around that, that's when I cry out to God Most High, and He fulfills His purpose for me. And that's what he wants to do for you, too. So I, I have two, two simple things that hopefully will be helpful for all of us. Two uh, ways to embrace this reality of purpose and, and kind of take it from a, a big theological concept to say, what does that mean for me right now? And the first, the first statement I would give you is, see life on purpose. That's the first step. See life on purpose. See this moment on purpose. See COVID-19 and shelter at home and whatever else is going on in your life on purpose. And then the second thing is lean into purpose now. You don't lean into it some other time, sometime in the future. It's always God has a purpose. How am I going to respond right now? So see life on purpose. Uh, If God has a purpose for my life, he fulfills his purpose according to um, Psalm 57, too. I just need to learn to see it that way. Um, This isn't an accident. This is an assignment, right? Um, This isn't an obstacle. It's an opportunity. God is working in this. He's working working through this. Um, He's working in complex ways, right? It's not not this simplistic, all of this is about me. In fact, if, if we look at it simplistically... Um, it would be a sensible thing to say, you know, if, if you think COVID-19 is about you, you have way too big a view of yourself. Um, true enough. But if we look at it biblically, we actually have to flip that phrase over. If you don't think COVID-19 is at least in some way about you, you have way too small a view of God. Because God is working with all of the world but he's working specifically with me and he's woven my story into this bigger story. And he has things in this moment for me. And part of what I have to do is I have to keep coming back to the idea. God has a purpose, even in really hard things. I don't know if you looked at the passage before we read it, 
But this section that says, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me, is set against a backdrop of really hard things. In fact, right up at the top before verse 1, there's a, a heading which is actually part of the original text. And it says, to the choir master, according to do not destroy a miktam of David when he fled from Saul in the cave. David is the next chosen king, and yet he's running for his life. Everything's going backwards. Saul is trying to kill him. And David and his men are on the run. They're hiding out in the wilderness. They've been betrayed and um, ratted out by a variety of people. And Saul is overturning every stone to try to find David so he can kill him and destroy his men. This is not a time when things would appear to be going well. God said, you're going to be the king. He's been anointed to be the king. And yet... It seems to be going exactly the opposite direction. And it's in that context that David says, no, um, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. This current situation is actually just woven into the fabric of what he's doing. And I wouldn't choose it, but God has selected it and he has a purpose in it. And so I want to be, uh, I want to be attentive to that. In fact, uh, here's, here's a few things that I think are really helpful to uh, navigate a hard thing. Um, I actually navigate every day. Um, if I really embrace the fact that God has a purpose and he's always working that out for me and my job is to the best I can, uh, join in partnering with him, then I need to be attentive. I need to be attentive. And in this moment that might be as I have extra time sitting at home, devoting part of that time to saying, okay, God, um, everything's stripped away. And in fact, I don't know what's coming next. It could get harder still. I, I, I believe you're in control. And I believe you have good intended for me. I'm just having a hard time seeing how that works right now. Would you guide me? Would you guide me? If I see life on purpose, then part of doing that is being attentive. Looking for what God might have. I can't always tell that immediately, but it's always the right heart posture to be looking. And it's amazing how helpful that is to me in navigating even the hardest things to be confident God has a purpose and I'm open, I'm attentive. Um, I think I need to be patient. David was in the wilderness quite a while. Um, Noah was on the ark quite a while. Um, Moses was away from Egypt quite a while. Um, Saul went the wrong way, and then after he came to faith, he basically drops off our radar for maybe as much as 14 years because God's doing a variety of things before he puts him in the place that we would expect him to be in. We have to be patient. God is working out a plan, um, and as he's working everything together, uh, he doesn't always work on a time clock. Sometimes he works on a calendar. And if we wind up sheltering in place at home for a long time, uh, it, it'd be pretty easy to grow impatient, uh, understandably. But if God has a purpose, he has a purpose for the timing as well. And it's not naive. It's just wise to say, um, the God who fulfills his purpose for me has assigned not only this place, but this time span. Um, I want to be attentive and I want to be patient. And then I want to be prayerful. 
prayerful about what's going on, prayerful about what God wants to say, prayerful about um, how he might guide me, prayerful about what is what is your purpose and, and, and how do I embrace that? Prayerful about keeping my heart soft, prayerful about walking in peace so that the difficulty doesn't unhinge me. Um, and then finally, I want to be ready to respond. Be ready to respond. I need to I need to see life on purpose. And if it's on purpose, then in every situation, and in this one in particular, be attentive, be patient, be prayerful, and be ready to respond. Um, There's a purpose in this for me. And maybe even beyond me, maybe even beyond this moment, maybe he's shaping my character. Maybe he's going to show me new um, intimacy with him. Maybe through all that I'm wrestling with, he surfaces sin that's been hidden deep and he purifies my heart. Maybe it's just a chance to strip away everything that kind of gathers around the edges of my life and see what's most important and be able to reset, reboot, reconnect, reorient. Um, Maybe he'll open fresh opportunities through what's going on to love others to be with my family, to care for my kids, to care for my spouse, to make a phone call, to share Jesus because the world around me is anxious. He has a purpose for me in this moment. And even coming out the other side, he's going to continue to have a purpose that is rooted in what has happened and that takes me to what's next. So I just want to continue to be uh, attentive and to see life on purpose. And let me talk to some at a time like this. I think people tune into our web uh, site and, and our Facebook page just to see what's going on and maybe um, seek some comfort or seek some input, seek some spiritual insight. If that's you, thank you. Thank you for stopping by. We're so excited you're with us this morning. We welcome you back anytime and every time. And when we're able to regather on our worship center, we'd welcome you there too as well. And you may be saying, what would God's purpose be in this? Well, maybe this is it. Maybe you wouldn't be listening to his word right now if it weren't for this moment in time. And because of the circumstances around you, God has has drawn your heart and you're saying, okay, now what? And you're listening to what God's going to say and you're interested what a, what, a, what a beautiful thing that could be out of something really difficult. If, if you would understand, for the first time, truly understand how much God loves you. He loves you enough to send his son and were to have a, a vibrant relationship with him as a result of this. And if you have any questions, we'd love for you to reach out. We'd love for you to reach out. Just let us know you're online. You can email us. Uh, our website has all the email addresses. If you want to email me personally, it's robertb at rhchurches.com. Love to hear from you if you're a guest, if God's doing something in your heart, if you have questions, you want to trigger further conversation. Love to be able to do that. Um, God has a purpose even for you watching this right now. Uh, so I need to see life on purpose, and then I, ne- I need to lean into purpose right now. Um, one of the things, as this has been unfolding as a leadership team, we've been trying to say not just what are the challenges, but what opportunity does this bring? Right now, there's different things happening, and some of those actually can open fresh uh, avenues of ministry, fresh avenues of impact, fresh 
ways that we as a church family can grow and connect. And that's an opportunity right now. And, and we don't want to miss that. Um, our world is in a different place. Isn't it ironic that a world that has been so deeply fractured and divided has been brought in many ways close together? I have I had communication with people from South America and from Asia and from Africa um, and, and from Europe who are doing exactly the same thing you and I are. Uh, I have a, a men's small group I'm a part of, and most of the guys are in this area and we meet on Zoom. Um, but one guy's in Canada and one guy's in Arizona. And Wherever we are, we're all doing the, the same thing. It's, it's ironic that we're brought closest together by being forced to stand six feet apart. That's an interesting moment. Who knows what God might do through that? And as, as his followers, we want to we lean into his purpose right now and say, God, if there's an opportunity you bring into me, um, here I am. I, I'm ready. I want to I lean into that. Um, we talk as a church about God offering a better story for my life. That's all about purpose, right? He redefines me. A number of years ago, I met a man who was actually pastoring a church in Africa, but he grew up in Long Beach and uh, he was a gangster, like one of the original Bloods or Crips, I don't remember which, but one of the original members. <laughs> and he grew up on the streets. He was a drug addict. His life was a, his life was a train wreck. But through a series of circumstances, as it got more and more difficult, God spoke to him. God reached into his life. And at one point, he said, it was, it was as if I could hear God, even though I know he didn't speak audibly. And he just said, look at yourself. Are you ready now? And it was in that moment that he said, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready for something new. I think I'm ready for your purpose for my life instead of mine, because mine's not working out. And it began a process where he uh, came to faith in Jesus. He began to worship Christ. He began to serve others. He actually got off the street, got married, had a family, built a very successful business, grew all kinds of skills, migrated from that into ministry at a church, eventually became the missions pastor, wound up leading a team to Africa in this country that we were in. And when he got off the plane in Africa, there was something that was just this moment where he knew God wanted him to come back to that country. And it ultimately led him to be pastor of the church that we were visiting in the capital city of this East African country. And it was this series of events and sometimes even through hard things where he was attentive and saying, I see my life on purpose and I'm going to lean into your purpose right now. What do you have for me right now? And God led him through a variety of things. And, and he built off of each of those things. The fact that he was a successful entrepreneur actually helped him in a country that was so filled with poverty. The fact that he had experience as a pastor certainly helped him as he was the pastor of this church in East Africa. The fact that he lived on the streets and seen the hardest things in life helped him to deal with the grinding poverty and suffering and difficulty that he was faced with every day. And God used all of that and shaped a story. Now, my story is not nearly so colorful. My story is not nearly so um, dramatic, but it's still a story that God is shaping, and he's, it's shaping it through me just getting up every day and saying, what's your purpose for me right now, and leaning into that. And, and our current situation doesn't change that. It may change how we lean into it. We talk about a better family, and, and, and God's picture is that I would be a worshiper of Jesus who points other people to Jesus and does so in a community of people who are doing the same thing. And at Redemption Hill, we talk about um, a, a pathway to really plug in and, and really grow fully and kind of boils down to the idea of community, 
service and disciple making, right? And the community aspect, um, what does that look like right now? We can't gather in a room. Uh, how do we how do we serve each other? How do we connect with each other? It's amazing how technology helps with that. In fact, uh, maybe maybe it's time for you to reach out. Maybe you've been sitting on a pew next to people or sitting on a seat next to people for who knows how long and never actually connected. Wouldn't it be ironic, but wouldn't it be sweet if in this moment, through a difficult scenario, you actually got a real connection? You can reach out to us and let us know that you want to get plugged in and we'll help you do that. Service. Uh, there's ways of serving even right now. We don't have to be face-to-face. There's a lot of creative things people are doing to teach children and, and uh, lead Bible studies and all that kind of stuff online, and that's great. Uh, that may not be you. You can still make a phone call. You can still pray. Um, the ongoing needs of the ministry require ongoing financial support. In fact, last week we shared that with you, and I just want to take a moment to say thank you. You did an awesome job. Um, this situation has financial implications for all of us, and it certainly has those for the ministry, and we're dependent on ongoing uh, giving. And um, that gets harder when we're not gathering together. And we, we brought that to you last week, and, and what came in last week was significantly higher than the week before. So thank you. And as God enables you, please please keep going. There's ways that you and I can serve each other, even if we can't be face-to-face. And the real onslaught of this crisis hasn't hit us yet. We don't know how bad it will get. Um, And there could be opportunities to serve people in all kinds of practical ways by taking groceries and and solving problems for people who have fallen ill. Um, And and if I want to be attentive and um, lean into God's purpose right now, it's always going to involve me um, being involved in community, even if that's change. It's going to involve me serving, even if that's a different um, face to it. And it's going to involve me um, making disciples, right? A simple tool right now would be just invite somebody to watch the service. Um, they just might do that. You don't have to bring them into a church. They don't have to feel like this is so strange to me. Uh, everything's strange for everyone right now. And watching us on the internet is, well, people watch things on the internet all the time. And maybe this would be a good opportunity to invite them to worship with us. Um, maybe, maybe God will open a door through a phone call or through a Zoom meeting or through some other appropriate means of, of actually um, sharing Jesus with somebody or praying for and with somebody who's, who's hurting and struggling and, and frightened and beginning to sow seeds. Maybe you already have a relationship with people. I have people that I've been trying to pour my life into, and this complicates their lives a lot. And it, it's actually it's actually opened up opportunities for me via the telephone to minister and, and share. Um, there's a lot of different things that are possible um, in this moment if I'm creative. Uh, the thing I need to remember is my life's on purpose. God never says oops. This isn't an oops moment. This is an assignment. This is an opportunity I may not understand it all, and there may be some really hard things about it. But David was confident. Um, He was going to hide in the shadow of God's wings, and he knew God would send out his steadfast love because he cried out to a God most high who fulfills his purposes for his life. And we can do the same. I pray that you would. pray that you'd be attentive and responsive 
And if there's anything that we can do, reach out, email us, um, call us. We'd love to have more chance to interact with you. Let me pray a prayer of blessing that comes out of the book of 2 Thessalonians over all of us. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. Amen. God bless you.